You're already a great person. We know that. And you've built a company, and it's great, too. But how do you translate what you can do by yourself into your team and organization and then create raving fans? Let's talk about it. What's up, everybody? It's Jadu and Tim Joyner back here with the Grow With Tim podcast talking about creating raving fans. You know, Tim, I've heard that some of the best and most profitable companies these days, are, the reason that they've got that title out there is because they've got people who are customers who talk about them more than they talk about themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I, I read a study recently. I can't remember the, the title or the origin, but basically they studied this generation's greatest companies. Um, and they, they identified that the great companies of today all have raving fans, right? They have customers that talk about them, that mm-hmm. love them, that would not go anywhere else. They're going to be loyal pretty much no matter what. And and so then they deconstructed that and said, okay, why – how did that come to yeah. be? How did those raving fans – come to be well it's because this customer or this company delivers great experiences experiences great customer service great experiences okay well how did they do that well they hired great people but that wasn't enough it wasn't enough just to have great people they also had to have great systems so the formula for a great company is you take great people you 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 develop these great systems so everybody's pulling in the same direction, not mm-hmm. all just kind of doing that which is right in his own eyes, right? But they're great people, great systems, produce great experiences, which produces raving fans, which produces a profitable, sustainable, long-term, long-term awesome company. So you're saying that this situation of creating raving fans, folks who are third-party, not paid yeah. to word-of-mouth communicate that how great you are to everybody else, yeah. right? The strongest form is just word of mouth. Having people trusted, tell other people trusted, hey, th- these are the people to work with. You're saying that it's not on accident at all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that right there, we've all had those serendipitous meetings. Some of our friends came about because of accidental, you know, it just happened to be the right place, right time. But you're saying in company culture, that's not the way to build it. You got it. Okay. So now here's the question. How do we prove through what we're doing that customers are going to be able to love our experience so much that they're going to, how do we prove? How do we test that model? How do we know? So I think there have been a lot of studies that have tried to do just that. Yeah. Um, and consistently we find that that great experiences lead to repeat customers. And you've all heard the stat, you know, it's a whole lot cheaper to keep a customer than it is to get a new one. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. It's also referral marketing is by far the cheapest marketing you can do. Right. right. You can spend a whole lot of money advertising, trying to take somebody from zero. They don't know anything about your company up to the point of making decision, purchasing from you. That costs a lot of money, takes a lot of time and effort. Right. Or, I can tell you, Jeremiah, do you got this new product? I got is awesome, and yeah. you're going to go out and buy it right away, right? right? And and it didn't yeah. cost that company anything to do that. I think about it in terms of movies all the time, right? We're recording this in the summer of o two or twenty <laughs> twenty. Oh, two, two. We got a time machine. 22. All right. Okay. And um, Top Gun seems to be the big movie of the summer. And I have never seen the old Top Gun. Everybody's Mm -hmm. heard of Goose and Mav, and I know what that is as well. But this summer, I started hearing from friends that I've sat down and I trust their judgment on movies. I've gone to movies with them, and they start saying, man, this new Tom Cruise joint is where you need to be. And so I'm taking their word for it that I need to go see. So, first off, 
off. I have to go watch the old yep. one. <laughs> yep. Right. To figure out what's going on. Found it. Watch it. Then I go see it. The new one by myself. Loved it. Yeah. Right. Be- yep. And so I was sold not on. The- I already know who Tom Cruise is. But you pro- I mean, maybe yeah. you saw ads for it. You probably did at some point. But, I didn't. But the actually. reason that you yes, went to see it is my friend said. Yeah, absolutely. Go. Yeah. So they created uh, Tom Cruise and his crew. Right. Jerry Bruckheimer, whoever put the movie together. They created raving fans. Right. Around Americana and, and right. F-16s and all those things. Yeah. Right. Love to hear it. So so let's talk about a lot of times people assume that these great experiences you just sort of get lucky or maybe you have to hire really smart people or whatever right, but right. i think that the the best experiences are actually really really intentional they're on purpose and and there's all kinds of stuff dan sullivan talks about front stage and backstage experiences he says front stage is everything that the audience sees the customers right mm-hmm. okay. on the on the, the the night of the play everything is perfect yes right? right and the ushers come and seat you in these comfortable seats and the lights go down at just the right time and the orchestra comes up and the you know lead walks out on stage and the spotlights and but behind the stage there's all kinds of stuff going on mm-hmm. right you've got people working the ropes and running the sound and they're doing all kinds of things they're really busy trying to make it perfect but you don't want to show the customer backstage yeah right and so yeah. so backstage is actually really important to give a front stage good experience but a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs completely neglect the backstage because it's not as much fun. It's not where all the limelight is. Right. It's, it's not where they draw energy from. And so let's talk a little bit about backstage. Today. Yeah. So what's interesting about that is I have that same thought process when I think back to a former life when I was doing baseball entertainment. Mm-hmm. And the customer experience for a minor league baseball game or some sort of family event that you we've all been to is when we walk in through the gate at Disney. We all know the Disney experience, even if we haven't been there. It's, hey, as soon as they get to the parking lot or leave their car, they're in that magical world, right? Yeah. You go through the gates and it says, now entering the world of fantasy and tomorrow and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And what we realized when we have to produce something, and in business it's like this, over and over and over and over, new customers or same customers new product, new experience over and over and over. What are the things that we can pull on the ropes, Mm -hmm. shine the spotlight, turn the music on effectively really well over and over and over because we couldn't possibly get everything right every time. What are the things we should focus on that we strategically can do? So if you can act but can't sing, you shouldn't put on a musical. Right. Right. Musicals are great, but they're not for you. You can't sing. And so we thought about that in baseball all the time because we said if we're going to pull off a homestand experience of maybe five, six, seven days straight for 5,000 new customers, all our job is to do is make sure they have a good time. That's what they need. They don't need to worry about the score. This is minor league baseball, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? We can't control that, mm-hmm. but we can control the environment of whether or not they had a good time. So what are the things we focus on over and over and over? And what's contrary to popular opinion? You're right. Most people would see our um, front of house experience as a customer and think it was all just made up. Right. But no, we had lists. Right. We had charts and we had meetings beforehand and we had postmortem to to put it all together. It was all strategic. Yeah, I, I love it. And and probably there was, even though there was a lot of variety, because you can't put on the same show every night because you, you want people to come back and experience something mm-hmm. new. I, I bet there was some sort of a, more or less a formula that oh, you used, Oh, 100%. Right? 100%. So what's interesting about that is it's actually many elements, and this is, I think, when business is going to translate, many elements are the, if you figure out what the foundational element is, all you have to do is put in a new customer and is still a different experience because we're responding to the customer as well. So 
we're potentially going to have the same um, game every other night we'll play between the innings. So everyone is familiar with the dizzy bat race. But the dizzy bat race, you put your head on the bat, bat on the ground, 15, 10 revolutions around, then run down and all over and all that. But you've got to remember that each night we had new contestants. So we literally have new actors in the same play. So it it, it will be different. Um, And, uh, of course, the baseball players in the game is going to predict – certain things that we're going to be able to do. We're going to respond to the fact that we're winning or we're losing or we hit a home run or yeah. we didn't. Those but all that things. was planned out in advance. Oh, it wasn't just so. you winging it on the field. Oh, very much so. Yeah. yeah. So sorry to ruin everybody. Yeah, right. But yes, very much so. We knew what was going to happen if they hit a home run. There was a firework button. We knew when to hit it. Right. We know what to change the screen to in the outfield. Yeah. So I, I want to tell you a story from uh, Michael Gerber, The E-Myth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. This is The E-Myth Revisited. Many of you have read this book. If you haven't, you should get it. It's an excellent book. Um, the E-Myth, The Entrepreneur Myth, right? Why most small businesses don't work and what to do about it. And it's it's a great read. But there's a story in here that I love. And I have read this whole story. I'm not going to read you the whole story because it would take me 10 minutes. But I've read this whole story to multiple teams that I've worked with because I think it, it does such a good job of capturing the kinds of experiences that we want to give. So keep in mind that formula we opened with. Great companies are great because they have raving fans. Raving fans are raving fans because they've gotten great experiences from you. Not just a product or service. That's a commodity. I can get the product or service anywhere, but I need a great experience from you. Yes. Um, and, and those great experiences are produced by great people employing great systems. All right. So with that filter in mind, I'm just going to read you some excerpts from this book. He's telling about a, a time when he was traveling. He says, the okay. first time it was an accident. That is an accident for me. I hadn't planned to go there. I'd been driving for seven hours and tired of the road. I decided to stop for the night before going on to San Francisco. The hotel was located in a redwood grove overlooking the Pacific. And by the time I walked into the lobby, the sun was setting and the grove had turned dark as pitch. Instantly, something told me that I was in a special place. And he goes on to describe in great detail this beautiful lobby with this big, beautiful table and a a stone fireplace. And there's fruit spread out. Everything's just perfect. Um, Behind the reception desk, a woman appeared dressed in a freshly starched red, green, and white gingham blouse and a deep red ochre skirt and goes on to describe how how she was set up and and the the counter that she's standing behind. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Venetia, she smiled warmly. It took no more than three minutes from the moment she spoke that greeting to the time the bellboy ushered me into my room, despite the fact that I had no reservation. I couldn't believe the ease wow. with which it all happened, right? Show up at the baseball game. It's just fun. It's easy. You're yeah. working really hard to oh, make it my that goodness. way, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> really easy. And then the room, and he goes on to describe yep. the room. It's beautiful. Everything's perfect. I'm going to skip over that for time. Mm-hmm. Delighted with my good fortune, I changed for dinner. The woman at the desk had made my reservation when she checked me in. Okay, so cool. So he goes out, he walks to this restaurant, he gets in right away, even though the dining room is crowded, there are people waiting, he's got a reservation, okay. he's, he's shown right in. All right, he has a wonderful dinner, he comes out, he says, I signed the check and returned to my room, noting on the way that the lights had been turned up along the path, apparently to compensate for the growing darkness. By the time I arrived at my room, the night had become chilly. I was looking forward to a fire and possibly another brandy before going to bed. So he talked earlier about how there's this cool fireplace in okay. his room. Yeah. Somebody had beaten me to it. A brisk fire was burning in the fireplace. The quilt was turned down on the bed. The pillows were plumped up, a mint resting on each one. On one of the night tables beside the bed stood a glass of brandy and a card. I picked up the card and it read, Welcome to your first day at Venetia. I hope it's been enjoyable. If there's anything I can do for you, day or night, please don't hesitate to call Kathy. 
As I drifted off to sleep that evening, I felt very well taken care of. The following morning, I woke to a strange bubbling sound in the bathroom. I rose to investigate. A pot of coffee, turned on by an automatic timer, was merrily perking away on the sink counter. A card resting against the pot said, Your brand of coffee. Enjoy. Okay. And it was my brand of coffee. Okay. How in the world could they have I'm known trying to that? wonder the same thing. Is this like a, the beginning of a horror story, or is this like the perfect date? <laughs> it feels like magic, yes, right? right? All right. And then I remembered, at the restaurant the night before, they, different restaurant, right? Okay. But they worked together. At the restaurant the night before, they'd ask me what brand of coffee I preferred. And here mm-hmm. it was. They'd communicated. There yes. was a system. Just as I caught on to what they'd done, there was a polite knock at the door. I went to the door and opened it. Nobody. But there, on the mat, was a newspaper. My newspaper, the New York Times. How in the world did they know that? And then I remembered, when I checked in the night before, the receptionist had asked what newspaper I preferred. I hadn't given another thought until now. And there it was. And exactly the same scenario has occurred each and every time I've returned. And he goes on to describe yes. all these amazing things that happen. But so eventually, he goes on to say, he just... He just had to know, how does this work? So he made an appointment with the hotel manager, and he says, "How you must have amazing people. And he says, well, absolutely, we have good people. But he he handed, like, this manual, and everything was documented. Like, there was a checklist for everything. When a new guest arrives, here's how you do it. You turn down the the, the quilt, and you plump the pillows, and you put them in, and you... you lay a match on the fireplace and you um, set the timer for this coffee and like everything. It seemed spontaneous. The restaurant asking what kind of coffee you prefer or whatever. Normal conversation. But it's all there's backstage. There's this beautiful system going on. And so he went back to this hotel again and again and again, right? Because it was an amazing experience. The point is that it requires great planning and systems backstage to make that kind of thing happen. So if you are a small business owner or a big business owner for that matter, I mean, imagine whatever it is, whether you build houses, whether you are an ad agency, whether you're a realtor, whether you're a financial planner, I don't care what your business is. Maybe you, you just have a retail store and you sell widgets. Think about if you could produce an experience at that level Mm -hmm. for your customers, they're never going to go anywhere else. But now you've think, got to have yes. a system to now do Now think it. about Michael Gerber. Put that in the book. And many of us have gone through that book once or twice. Me a long time ago. And I'm now refreshed on that story. But think about how many people have read the e-myth and know about this yes, place. exactly. Right? One guy. That's probably created more. I mean, obviously, there's lots of great satisfied customers. Yeah. But that book selling a million copies has yep. now produced a lot of folks wanting to know, well, how do I, stay? where is that? Right? Hotel? Exactly. That? Right. There, there are yeah. actually, there's a lot of discussion on the internet about whether or not that's actually a real hotel sure, or if he made right. it up. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. or he changed the names to protect the, 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 uh, the wealthy. Yeah. Right. And the, um, and the thriving communities out there. But man, it's such a great point because uh, now we think about one of the most raving fan pieces that, uh, have been in the 21st century is how the, uh, Apple company, Company yeah, has created folks who, like myself, started off on PCs yeah. and Windows and things like that, didn't want to switch over yeah. because of a price point, yeah. didn't want to switch over. And once you did switch over, like, yikes, screen is backward. Yeah. <laughs> I'm clicking everything backward. It took me about three weeks to get used to my very first iOS product, my yeah. Apple product, my iOS products yep. when I changed from Android. And I can't go back. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, it just works. Yeah. Number two, it can be customized to what I want it to do. But the experience, starting with you, you, just the way that it's packaged, right? 
you, you just lift the box and it just feels amazing. It does. And everything is perfect. They and you walk attention. into it, you've got a problem and you walk into the Apple store and you go up to the Genius Bar and you say, can you help me? And they help you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's. Which is what we've been lacking over there with Bill Gates because I can't figure <laughs> out nothing on those computers, right? Can't yeah. figure out a thing. So Apple's figured out the experience yeah. for sure. Oh, great. Well, now, Tim, what would you say is the one, two, three, if you have it for the listener to our Grow With Tim podcast? What do they start to do? How do they create that end experience that is someone else raving about them? What do they do internally, personally and with their organization? So it'd be easy to chase a rabbit here because there's a whole nother topic about how how to make progress. Mm -hmm. Um, If you say, oh, I've got to completely revolutionize my process and I'm going to have to put in all the in in, it's going to take six months to plan another six months to execute. You're probably never going to get there. Right. So my strong encouragement today is just find one thing that you can do to improve and put that in place today or tomorrow, right? So if you have meetings and you bring in people for a presentation, let's say, right? Think about, you know, what if I just got like, it's it's going to be a two and a half hour meeting. What if I just had fresh fruit on a nice white platter and, you know, some chocolate for some brain food or something? And what if I just added that? Okay, there's one easy thing that you can do. What if I just made sure that 10 minutes before every meeting, I went in, I straightened up the chairs, I made sure that I had a printed agenda and my slide deck was up and ready to go so that when people came in, it was just perfect. What if I'm, what if instead of grabbing um, a water bottle after the guest arrived, what if I had a chilled water bottle coming out of the fridge set down when they first walked in, mm-hmm. right? I mean, little things like that, yes. right? If, right? If you are a realtor and you sell homes, how can you make the closing experience really amazing or how can you give a housewarming gift? I saw a realtor that used like a really artistic map that would be printed with um, a map of Greenville and a pin where they live. And, uh, map. Um, and, and it's like for hanging. It's like art. Yes. It was really cool. Right. Yeah. And that was the, the customized gift. And it had a very tastefully done you know, name or logo down in the corner. But mm-hmm. it was it was something that you really wanted to hang on your wall. Yeah. But but it it elevated it from just a commodity, commodity experience, to an experience, yes, to right? an experience. I love So that. I would say yeah. th- there are lots of things that you could do, but pick one and try to yes. put that into practice today or tomorrow or next week. And then, then pick another one and then pick another one. You don't have to do it all at once. Very good. Love it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to know more about how Tim can help you think through these things, I suggest you might give him a buzz and do that as well. Cause he's been able to create these experiences for several different companies in several different zones and great entrepreneurs like you are looking for people like him. I know that. So that's my plug in for this young man right here. Ladies and gentlemen, join us again for grow with Tim on a future episode.